0: This is Chris Carson, you listen to Roster the Watch. and gentlemen roster watch nation welcome back to the epic roster watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com my name is alex dunlap and our guest today needs absolutely no introduction he is the talented mr roto he is matthew barry of espn ESPN espn.com the uh the um the espn fantasy podcast
1: you know him you love him barry what the hell's going on brother not much uh i'll I'll get all the plugs in for you because i'm a company man Fantasy show on ESPN Plus, uh, fantasy-focused podcast, uh, Monday through Friday, five days a week. And we also stream it live, where you can watch us do it 10 a.m. Eastern on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, ESPN app, the ESPN Fantasy app. Of course, my column, Love, Hate, out on ESPN.com right now. Sign up to play for free uh, in the ESPN Fantasy app, 100%. And, um, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Well, what about Pass? We got to pitch Rotopass. Together. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's disclose that. Uh, okay. I am, I'm a big fan, Alex, of your work, of Byron's work, of, of rosterwatch.com in general. It's part of the Rotopass package. So what I've done there is basically I, I went to all the sites I use, all the sites that I think do the best job in the industry. And I mean no disrespect because there's a lot of people out there that do good work. But I wanted to handpick. Six sites that I feel like not only are great in and of themselves, but complement each other in terms of what they do. So, in addition to all the great stuff you guys do here at RosterWatch.com, you've got FootballGuys.com, you got RotoViz, you got RotoWire, you got a full year of ESPN Plus. So you can watch my show, and re- read all of Mike Clay stuff, some of our DFS stuff, and then we just added. We just added. Sharp football analysis, Warren Sharp. You've seen him on, you know, on, uh, on Fox, on ESPN, on Bleacher Report, Wall Street Journal, Ringer. Um, you know, a lot of NFL teams use his stuff, his data analytics. He's got a fantasy football package that he does with Rich Rebar at Lord Reeves If you're in, uh, you're on Twitter. Um, and so their fantasy football package is part of the pass as well. So six great sites, one low price. Alex and anyone that uses the promo code roster cap, all caps, R-O-S-T-E-R. Gets ten percent off.
0: Get better. Yeah, the inside. Uh, yeah, the the inside from Sharp, and you 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 mentioned Lord Reeves, man. But he's he's a he he's a goat, dude. He's a he's an awesome analyst. So of course, uh, you can go to rotopass.com, Use promo code Roster all uppercase, and then you get the content all season long from not just Roster Watch, but also like. Like Matthew mentioned, ESPN Plus, Football Guys, RotoWire, uh, RotoViz, and Sharp Football Analysis. So that is RotoPass.com. All right, Matthew. They want to the people want to hear your picks. They want to hear you. So so you have the love hate call out. I I gave it a look yesterday. Great great work as always, brother. Thank you. Um, my first my first question for you. I noticed that well you, it doesn't seem like you're a Miles Sanders guy this year at his current ADP. But what what do we make of it with um, what do we make of his, like, does it change anything now that he's week to week with a lower body injury? just doesn't
1: help. I, I mean, look, I don't know that it's necessarily injury prone, but it, it's not ideal, right? I mean, it's, again, we have limited preseason. We're in, a, we're, we're in an unprecedented era, Alex. And so my sort of argument, my feeling about this entire year, very simply, is that we d- there's so much that's unknown about fantasy football in general. And now you're doing it in a year with COVID-19 where there's no preseason games, where there's literally 14 padded practices. And so for me, I want players that are in similar situations. I want players, I want as much proven as I can. And so with Miles Sanders, now he's going to miss some practice time, right? Miles Sanders has a five-game sample as an elite running back. And I'm not saying he's not talented. He's talented. I'm not saying he's not going to have a good year. He's going to have a good year but he's being drafted as a top seven running back. He's being, and he's being drafted as a top seven running back over got off of a five game sample. He was great for five games last year when the Eagles had nobody, they had Zach Ertz who was limping around on one leg. They had former San Antonio (laughs) commander of the AAF, Greg Ward (laughs) as their number one wide receiver. That's weird. They had five foot eight uh, practice squad player, Boston Scott playing significant snaps like, right. when I tell you they had nobody, they had nobody. So, obviously, Miles Sanders got a tremendous workload. Okay, And I'm not saying that he's not going to lead the team in carries, because he will. I'm not saying he's not the number one running back in the Eagles, because obviously he is, and there's not a lot out there. But, now with, you know, they're going to get Alshon Jeffries back at some point. Ertz and Goddard both healthy at the same point. Jalen Rager, they spent an early round draft pick on as well. Deshaun Jackson drawing rave reviews in camp. We'll see. Hopefully, he can stay healthy for the year. But, All of a sudden, there's a lot more weapons in Philadelphia than just Miles Sanders. And the stat that I gave in my love-hate column about Miles Sanders was really a Doug Peterson stat. And and I know people are arguing, oh, well, he's never had a guy like Miles Sanders. Like, okay. But Doug Peterson, former NFL quarterback, Doug Peterson, wants to run a pass-first offense. He does. And he's been... He has been the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles for four seasons. 64 games over four seasons. Only nine times, Alex, nine times in those 64 games, has a single running back gotten more than 20 touches in a game. Yep. Nine and 64. And again, you're like, well, he's never had a guy like Miles Sanders. I mean, that was the same argument people used about O.J. Howard last year. Bruce Ayrton right. uses his tight end in his offense. Well, he's never had a guy like O.J. Howard. How'd that work out? I I just when you're drafting Miles Sanders as running back seven, you're basically drafting him at his highest level ADP. The way you win fantasy football isn't by buying at the highest the way you win fantasy football is getting, you know, somebody like Lamar Jackson as QB 13 and he turns into QB one by a wide margin. Getting Austin Eckler in the middle rounds and he turns out to be a top 10 running back. You're paying at running back seven is, I think, the ceiling for Miles Sanders this year. There's like, there's no room for profit. I have him as a as a as an RB two, not as an RB one this year. So we'll see how that plays out.
0: And I think it's fair. And you know, people, you know, some people, you know, people on Twitter will call call you out, of course, for anything. But people will call us out for saying, you know, for just pointing out that like Peterson is being. Dude, I can remember that. I can remember him going into press conferences and saying stuff like, you know, we need to commit more to like ryan matthews this it's it's, it's, yeah. it's been going on that long so yeah uh i i'm i love miles sanders as a player and it's it's just it brings up an interesting point now on top of all this we have the lower body injury to to worry about if we could just stay on running backs you love uh, i saw you in, in your love hate you love um you love josh jacobs uh we love josh jacobs underrated offensive line this year uh and you know at the combine wherever we get to see it every year matthew um you you know mike mayock told us that this year was going to be phase two in the evolution of josh jacobs my question to you is how much does it how how much can we really take away from the fact that his goal was to catch 60 balls this, this season uh this is the time of year when guys are you know, yeah. guys have high hopes. I mean, what do you think?
1: <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't know how much that I that I buy that. But again, what does fantasy football success come from? So it comes from two things. It comes from talent and opportunity. Okay, and so Josh Jacobs, we agree on the talent. Oh yeah. And it comes from opportunity. Again, like I know that the Miles Sanders truthers are like, well, he doesn't have any competition. Like, I get that you guys don't like Corey Clement or Boston Scott, and I'm not saying those guys are world beaters. But again, Doug Peterson has rolled out, to your point, Ryan Matthews and Jay Ajaye. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, they're not scared. Miles Sanders was such an all world talent, right? And and people, you know, like better numbers than Saquon at Penn State, right? You heard all that baloney. Sure. Guy couldn't beat out Jordan Howard last year. (laughs) When Jordan Howard was healthy with the Eagles, Miles Sanders averaged 11 touches a game. Again, I'm saying Miles Sanders is a good player, but like Josh Jacobs. I have Josh Jacobs ranked higher because I think my belief is, is that there's literally no one on the Raiders. DeAndre Washington, everyone is like the guy that filled done so well from last year. Now in Kansas mm-hmm. city, like right. Jalen Richard, like Josh Jacobs is going to get as much as he can handle. And any passing game improvement for him is going to be a positive. The other thing is, is that, and sometimes, and I've never met miles Sanders and I don't want to make this an anti miles Sanders podcast. Cause then I'm as a top 15 running back. And so right. top seven running back. It's, I still right. like Sanders quite a bit. I just don't like him as much as the consensus. Um, I've met Josh Jacobs a few times. Mm-hmm. I've spent hours with him. Like I interviewed him for an hour one time and I don't know how many people that are listening to this. know Josh Jacobs story.
0: Oh, I was there in the room. He, yeah. he's that he's an incredible kid, but yeah. I mean, tell him,
1: tell him for sure. He's, yeah. So this is a kid that like, was sleeping in his dad's station wagon, like you know, his dad was bouncing around from job to job, and he loves his father. That's no disrespect to the father. The Father's doing what he could to provide for his family, but like they would sleep in hotel motels and hotels, and you know they're homeless for a while, and they're sleeping in their in their uh, station wagon or the you know uh, the car, and he's playing in some small school in Oklahoma, and he had to put his highlights on on uh, on Twitter and social media just to get any kind of attention. You know, he played wildcat quarterback in Oklahoma, like doing all these kind of things. I will tell you as somebody who has spent a decent amount of time, he's an easy kid to root for. I just yeah. think he's a phenomenal human being. Yeah. And listen, that doesn't necessarily listen. There are some really terrible human beings that are amazing football players. <laughs> and there's some really awesome human beings yeah. that aren't that great, but I'm just going to tell you in terms of in a, in a year in which there's so, uh, so much unknown, um, And you you want to sort of, you know, push your chips on somebody. Josh Jacobs is a kid that, uh, you know, it's easy to see why the Raiders organization thinks so highly of him.
0: Yeah. And, and uh, I'll also say, you know, right out of the gate too. And, in and, in, in week one, he's going to face Carolina, which is one of the most beautiful matchups that we've identified. You, and then uh, you always think you draft these teams and like you look at week one, you're like, man, why you know, why wouldn't I interested in this guy? Yeah. I, I would have loved getting him in, in this, in, in, in this matchup. You got to get off to, to a fast start. Okay. So staying on running backs before we kind of get to some wide receivers. And I know you're, I know you're super busy, so we'll get you out of here. But what about, what about Clyde Edwards,
1: you um, are we drafting him? It's t- oh, all right. So all what in. do you think? Okay. All in. So I mean, I'm talking a little bit out of both sides of my mouth, like, and I, I, I'll own that. I'll own that, which is where I'm saying, hey, you know, my argument, my anti-Sanders argument is again, like, I want, you know, I want similar, and I want, you know, it's so a Josh Jacobs, same system, right, everything like that, no risk there. Um, but uh, obviously, Clyde Edwards-Elair, there's risk. He's a rookie running back, and if you want him, you're going to have to draft him middle of the first round, if not earlier. Like, there's not a league in America where he's getting out of the first round now that Damian Williams has decided to opt out of the 2020 season. So I guess for me, what I'm banking on here is two things. Again, as we sort of talked about, it's talent and opportunity. And I'll add a third thing here. So the talent, I think, is obvious, right? Uh, CEH is, I believe, the only player in SEC history with over 1,000 rushing yards and over 50 receptions in the same season. Uh, He he just sort of pops off the tape even before he landed in Kansas city, I was asked and I had him as my number one running back. Come out of college. You can go back and look Ooh. at my tweets. So this isn't yeah. like just some sort of bandwagon thing. Like that was the guy that I had coming into the NFL draft is like, this is my, we'll see where everyone lands. But my number one, just, you know, on talent guy is him. That was a hot take back then. It was That was a hot take. It was take. So everyone talking up Jonathan Taylor. I get it. And mm-hmm. I know there are a lot of people that like Swift and yeah, I had CEH as number one, but then you go to Andy Reed. And literally, Alex, when I was doing reaction videos, instant reaction videos for ESPN on draft night. And my reaction video, if you can go back and watch this about CEH, was be still my beating heart. Are you kidding me? <laughs> CEH in an Andy Reid offense, right. very excited about that. Like he's a perfect fit for what they like to do. Andy Reid compared him favorably, said, We think he's actually better than Brian Westbrook. Remember, Brian Westbrook had seven different years as the number one running back. I'm sorry. Seven different years as a top seven running back under Andy Reid, including two years as the number one running back in fantasy. Uh, over the last 15 years, which is pretty good sample size, the number one running back in an Andy Reid offense has averaged 18 fantasy points per game, which last year would have been running back eight, just ahead of Alvin Kamara. But by the way, he hasn't had Patrick Mahomes all 15 years. I, I think this is an offense that could explode. They have everyone back this year. And again, you're in a year in which... No preseason games, no, you know, not that many padded practices. Like, so give me the teams that are returning as many starters in the same offensive system, which is what the Chiefs are doing. And with Damian Williams, like, talent, and op- he's going to have massive opportunity in that Chiefs backfield. We know about the talent. And I'm banking on Andy Reid's offense. Think about some of the guys that Andy Reid has made relevant Coral Buckhalter, Sharkhandrick West. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like
0: Spencer Ware, right? Spencer
1: please. Ware, thank you very much. It's like Ceh, I think is a special player, and uh, I think he is worth the hype. Yeah, and one
0: other thing, I'll just toss just toss in like if if you're worried about a similar player, maybe in DeAndre Washington being a little bit redundant, I th- I found it interesting that for one, the beat reporters are saying that. Clyde Edwards E'Laire is in there doing everything he needs to do from the pass protection standpoint. Like that is what we really needed to hear. And and also that it's Darrell Williams coming in with the twos. DeAndre Washington doesn't, doesn't come in till the threes. It's almost like he's the backup, as opposed to like a
1: one B to a one A, which should which should mean a lot for his for if for you're, for in draft, you're in a deep draft, you're if you're in a deep draft, Alex, you're in a best ball draft. Daryl Williams is really interesting because so you think about who's on that team in that running back room. So you got Clyde Edwards Elayer never played an NFL snap, trying to learn Andy Reid's offense. DeAndre Washington, played college ball at Texas Tech with Mahomes, okay, so points for that, but also was on the Raiders last year, also Mm -hmm. trying to learn the system. You know who was there last year, who knows all the pass protection? Darryl Williams, Yeah. who, by the way, Darryl Williams is a very small sample size, but Darryl Williams, in games in which he got double-digit carries last year, averaged over 15 fantasy points per game. It was like three games, so it's a very small sample size. But Darryl, and then they got Darwin Thompson who I know everyone was in love with last year, but, you know, Darwin Thompson, you know, smaller guy, not going to be the between-the-tackles guy for Andy Reid. The most important thing Andy Reid and the Chiefs have to do this year is protect the co-owner of the Kansas City Royals. They've got a half a billion. <laughs> okay, right, okay, right, yeah. I forgot about that. Billion dollar quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Nothing is more important than protecting that kid. So if, 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 if CEH isn't in there, i think it's initially it's going to be daryl Williams so anyway i just think that's an interesting name for the you know way late in your draft
0: the 2020 Rosterwatch Draft Cheat Sheet is available now at rosterwatch.com. The revolutionary cheat sheet is back. Just follow the three simple rules and an expert quality draft is guaranteed. That's it, three simple rules. It doesn't get any easier. Winning fantasy players don't use outdated magazines or expensive draft software that's impossible to navigate. Just bring along the Rosterwatch cheat sheet to your draft and dominate. It's only $5.99. Download now at rosterwatch.com. It's the ultimate draft cheat sheet only at rosterwatch.com. Let's talk about some wide receivers and quarterbacks before your time's up. How about how about these two guys, I man? They're both nuclear weapons. Hollywood Brown, Will Fuller. I love both those guys as long as they're not my wide receiver one. I think having them as a wide receiver two or maybe I mean golly, you know, if you could get one of those guys as your wide receiver three, how great I I would personally feel about my wide receiver position. Do you like Hollywood Brown and Will Fuller this year? And if you had to choose between one or the other, uh, which one are you more interested in? Clearly, they both have some some um, they definitely both have some feathers in their cap that you could point to a
1: thousand percent. So both guys made. um, So Marquise Brown Hollywood Brown actually made my love list and then Will Fuller made my others receiving votes um so if you're asking me to choose between the two i have marquise brown rank higher okay i thought great so graham uh graham i think our mutual friend graham barfield tweeted this out the other day mm-hmm. and i thought this was a great point which is like everyone's looking for the next tyree kill guys it's marquise brown don't <laughs> stop looking right like my point that i made about Marquise Brown. Injured coming into his rookie season, learning a new a new system with an inexperienced quarterback, still caught 66% of his uh, targets. That was top 20 in the NFL. And now, so we know about the talent. And now there's the opportunity as well. People forget. Everyone talks about Lamar Jackson, the rushing. People forget Lamar Jackson threw the most touchdown passes in the NFL. Marquise Brown is the number one wide receiver on the number one offense in the NFL. You know, I mean, maybe the Chiefs, you want to put the Chiefs ahead there, but whatever. He's the number one wide receiver for Lamar Jackson, for one of the best and most explosive offenses in the NFL. Now coming to the second year, now fully healthy. And he's competing for targets with Mark Andrews and like, what? Like Miles Boykin? Willie Sneed? Like, we don't Devin know Verne, yet. Like, we, I mean, like, Devin Duvernay. Yeah. Duvernay. Did I pronounce his name wrong? I do actually like Duvernay, but um, uh, I mean, Marquise Brown. And he's going way late. Hang on for a second. I'm going to look up exactly where he's going on ESPN these days. Um, right he's, now, he is going. Uh, let's see. Let's go you got
0: to remember everything he did last year too. With that catch percentage, he did it at, like 155 pounds, which is just unbelievable. Un- unbelievable like, to me, with the and with a screw in his foot.
1: He's going as wide receiver 31 on ESPN, yep. the ninth round. Now again, ESPN 10 team leagues. We only make you start two wide receivers. So it's a it's a shallower league than maybe some of your listeners are used to, but it's still Too late. It's too late. <laughs> like he's going to wide receiver four. I have yeah. him significantly higher than that. But so yeah, love Marquise Brown. Love the call by you, Alex. Totally agree. All in on him. Uh, you know, he, I think he potentially could have a massive year. And with Will Fuller, the question has never been talent. It's always been about health. But obviously, right. Will Fuller. Um, you know, Will Fuller obviously has a big opportunity ahead of him now with DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona. Just to give you a quick little stat here on uh, on Will Fuller, I will let you know that uh, he's got the last 16 games, NFL season, last 16 games that Will Fuller has played with at least seven targets. And it's happened over multiple years. I mean, fairness, right? But still, Deshaun Watson's right. been the quarterback the whole time. Last 16 games in which he's had at least seven targets. Will Fuller has put up this line, 87 receptions, 1,192 receiving yards, eight touchdowns, 259.9 fantasy points would have been wide receiver seven last year. Yeah, He's going as wide receiver 36 on ESPN. (laughs) And I'm not saying he finishes as a top seven fantasy wide receiver, but we know what that potential is. And to your point, if you don't have to go into the season with him, as your first or second and you can just play him in the games in which he's healthy, there's 150 points up for grabs with DeAndre Hopkins moving on to Arizona. And I know they've got cooks and Cobb there, but those are guys that have struggled with injuries themselves. And I don't know. Yeah.
0: And, and there's no tight end to con and there's no tight end to consequence and, and Will Fuller's put on weight and Deshaun Watson saying, look out, this is his year. Uh, I mean, we don't have, you know, we we don't have as many camps to go to. This some sometimes you got to listen to the players about what's going on. I'd also mention about Marquise Brown. If you go to RotoPass.com and uh, get a get a subscription over there, you can use promo code Roster, uh, all uppercase letters for the discount. Um, Curtis Patrick from um, Curtis Patrick Roto-Viz. from Rotoviz has a very intriguing article about where he just lays out the fact that it's an absolute lock. That Marquise Brown's going to going to break out this year, so you can yeah. find some good content over there with your Roto Pass membership. Again, promo code roster. Okay, um, what about just a couple more of these? How about this? Where are you on Odell Beckham? I mean, it's like people are. I don't know if people are all over the map or people are just kind of like not, I haven't heard much talk about Odell Beckham this year. Um, people seem pretty hyped up about DJ Moore. Those guys are going pretty close in ADP. Do you do you lean one way or the other, or just have any have any uh, you know have any real takes on 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 either one of those guys for twenty twenty?
1: Um, I'm a little nervous about DJ Moore just because uh, I'm a little nervous about uh, DJ Moore. I have Beckham higher than D.J. Moore. So I have Beckham at 11. I have D.J. Moore at 13, just to you know, be clear on my rankings for full PPR leagues. Okay. Um, the, I mean, again, ner- you have to nitpick at this level. Yep. So you think about range of outcomes. Which one of these guys has a better chance to finish the year as the number one wide receiver in football? It's Beckham. I mean, Beckham could. I mean, Beckham's got that ability, right? Yeah. Which one of these I've guys has it. a better chance of get, jumping into the top three, into the top five? Again, sort of. I get it. Listen, it's a it's a newer offense. Obviously, you know Kevin Stefanski coming into Cleveland, but at least he's playing with the same quarterback. You know, um, uh, you know he's got he's got Landry. He's you know it's mostly the same personnel around him as well. Uh, he he will get positive touchdown regression this year. Like mm-hmm. he, he absolutely just got really unlucky with scoring last year, and we've seen it. We know how talented he is as a player. DJ Moore, new quarterback, new system. More competition for targets. They added Robbie Anderson um, uh, as well. They expect Ian Thomas to have a nice role here. Obviously, you've obviously got Curtis Samuel and CMC as as well. And so I'm just a little bit nervous about D.J. Moore's touchdown equity. And, you know, does he get the same kind of, you know, target share this year with Teddy Bridgewater, with the new coaching staff that he did last year under Scott Turner and Ron Rivera? Again, I'm at 13. I have Beckham at 11. You have to nitpick here. But uh, I just think there's more upside with Beckham uh, than there is uh, with DJ Moore. And the other thing is, is that wide receiver this year, Alex, as I'm sure you guys have talked about, is so insanely deep. So insanely deep. When you look at guys going in their 40s, you're like, that's actually a pretty good guy. Right. So insanely deep that I would rather be more risky with my wide receivers. DJ Moore might have a higher floor. Because, you know, Beckham's dealt with his injuries, but Beckham's got the higher upside. And I'd rather shoot for the moon and swing for the fences with a guy like Beckham uh, because if it doesn't work out, I feel I'll be able to replace him easier than go for floor. There are other positions where I'm more interested in floor, but with wide receivers specifically this year, I want upside. Odo Beckham.
0: I don't know if it was 2015 or 2016. He, he would, like you said, like we've seen, he can finish the, he didn't finish the wide receiver one, but had he played 16 full games and gotten like 11 points in his 16th game, he would have finished wide receiver one. He only played 15 games that year, I think it was 2015 or 2016. So we've, so we've seen it. We've seen it. Um, Okay, uh, just one more quickly here at the wide receiver position um, before I just have a couple of, a couple of just overall ADP questions. What about um, CeeDee Lamb versus Henry Ruggs? They're two rookies that are very close in ADP in very different situations. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, of course, you know, he's got, Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup to deal with, but not probably, probably not too much outside of those guys. Uh, Whereas Henry Ruggs was seemingly drafted to be the number one there for the, for the Raiders, how long he takes to where he's finally there. Uh, You know, do you have any insight? What do you, what do you think? Uh, If you, are you interested in either one for redraft?
1: Are they mostly dynasty for you? And I think they're more general thoughts than they are for redraft. Again, you've got, you've got rookies coming in, no preseason, you know, Um, uh, but if I had to pick one, I suppose, give me CD lamb, just in that, give me Dak over Derek Carr, give me the Cowboys offense over the Raiders. Mm -hmm. Um, and to your point about sort of like target tree, he's competing with Cooper. He's competing with Gallup. He's competing with Blake Jarwin basically in terms of, I mean, you've got Zeke too. Zeke out of the backfield. Okay, fine. But both Cooper and Gallup have dealt with injuries. Meanwhile, Ruggs, who's already been injured this preseason, you know, like, yeah. I don't know that there is as much of a pecking order, right? I mean, like, so they've got Darren Waller, they've got Hunter Renfro, they've got uh, Brian Edwards, who is, you know, turning a lot of heads in camp so far this year. They've got Tyrell Williams. People forget they signed Tyrell Williams to a big deal and he's still there. So I weirdly think, I think when we look back on it, barring injury to anyone, that Rugs may have. More fantasy points, more total fantasy points than Ceedee Lamb at the end of the year. Uh-huh. But in terms of who's got the chance to like break out and potentially, you know, be a starter for you over the second half of the year, I prefer Lamb to Rugs. I think so too. Yeah. Again, Derek Carr. Again, it's, it's just Dak and the Cowboys' offense significantly over uh Carr and the Raiders. For me,
0: rugs will be one of these guys where it's hard, where it's hard to pinpoint the weeks that, that you start him. Whereas maybe right. CD lamb down the stretch could be a guy that develops into something where you could at least have a,
1: have a good PPR floor. All to right. So point, Alex, to that point last year in the weeks in which Gallup, Cooper and Randall Cobb were healthy, which they all played a, a, a qualifying number of snaps. I want to say at least 30 snaps. This is off the top of my head. So I might be getting the stat wrong, but the point is basically the same is in those weeks on a point points per game basis, Cooper, Gallup, and Cobb were all top thirty fantasy wide receivers. That offense, I think, is explosive enough to support three fantasy relevant wide receivers. Like Cobb had and, a couple hundred yard games in there.
0: Yeah, and if they all are, if they all are, then that means you want Dak, <laughs>
1: right? You, you well, I have Dak as my QB three. Q- oh, Dak, wow. go- okay. Dak was on my love list this year. Dak is currently going as QB six on ESPN. I don't get it. To me, Dak is the clear cut QB three after Jackson Mahomes, and I don't think it's close. I mean, I don't think there's, I I mean, I think his production may be somewhat close to, you know, we'll see what Kyler does and, you know, Wilson and Watson, obviously, but I don't think it's, I don't think there's a debate as to who should be number three.
0: Well, we have three, we have three weeks from the day that we record this until kickoff. Is is, is that the stupidest, is that the stupidest ADP out there (laughs) at this point in time? Dak, Dak Prescott, or is there a stupider one that you can think of?
1: A stupider ADP. I mean some of the guys we've already mentioned, uh a couple of the couple of the running backs, I mean, uh, you know, Chris Carson. Chris Carson's overall ADP. Let me see where it is. Chris you can get Carson's him in the third overall, round over and over. Yeah. Chris Carson is going as number 32 overall. And that's up from where he's been. But so mm-hmm. he's going basically, you know, um, middle of the fourth round. I'm at 23. I'm at 23 overall Chris Carson. Here's the entire list out. Here's the entire list of running backs with at least 1100 rushing yards and nine total touchdowns. Each of the last two years. Here's the, here's the list. Ezekiel Elliott, Chris Carson. That's the list. Is that true? Yeah.
0: That's, that's wild. That's a wild
1: stat. No, I'm sure it is. Like that's crazy. 1100 rushing yards and nine total touchdowns. Ezekiel Elliott, Chris Carson, everyone wants to say like, oh, well, you know, Chris Carson gets hurt and you're like, well, okay. But last two years, Chris Carson has played 29 games, which is the same as Alvin Kamara, the same as Saquon Barkley. Right. I mean, it's more than Dalvin cook. We don't have any problem <laughs> drafting those guys in the top five. Then you're like, well, oh, great. Fumbles? And you're like, yeah, he fumb- he had, he had a fumbling issue last year. And he's lucky because he plays for the perfect coach. Because Pete, and Pete Carroll right. says he doesn't care. He, <laughs> he, says, says, he says he doesn't, doesn't get back care. Out there. Yeah, that's wild, man. Yeah. How opportunity? Who's he and, competing with for touches? He's yeah, you know, I was gonna say. Seattle's going to be one of the best offenses in the NFL and going to be one of the run-heaviest offenses in the NFL. And who's he competing for with touches? Rashad Penny, who's going to start the season on the physically unable to perform list. And we're now right. year three into, oh, this is the year Penny takes over Chris Carson? I don't think <laughs> right. so. Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde is on his sixth NFL team in four years, and despite rushing for 1,000 yards for the Texans, the Texans were willing to get rid of DeAndre Hopkins to bring in David Johnson. That's how happy they were with cheap Carlos Hyde. Stop it. Or DJ Dallas, who when Pete Carroll went up to the press conference after the NFL draft and he got to DJ Dallas, the first thing out of Pete Carroll's mouth was, I know the guys are really excited to see him on special teams.
0: <laughs> it's never like, the best, man. We
1: suddenly, yeah. like we how how we worried about Travis Homer? Like, come on, stop it! it it's yeah. Chris Carson's job. Chris Carson is gonna be the guy. I mean, he Chris Carson uh, was fifth in carries per game last year. I mean, it's he's gonna get tons of usage on one of the best offenses in the NFL, and again, he's going in the fourth round.